I was quite surprised how much uh, development money you can spend on such a boring part. Yeah, yeah. And that was our goal, to create a trail bike with uh, gravity DNA. Mm -hmm. And that's why we came up with the chassis. For sure, there's end progression always like a big topic. Even like we figured out, you UK guys, you're really into into building jumps and yeah, you don't give a fuck about landing. So it's always like hack to flat. Um, and that's where that bike can shine. So yeah. I got a proper wick yeah. on, on it and I thought, okay, looks quite nice. I should keep it. And then I asked for if I can buy it. And they said, okay, it's uh, 5,000K. He told me a story. I don't know. Um, I can't remember exactly in uh, what park he was but he was sitting in a lift and people beside him were talking about Jeff C and the bike and so on and they say yeah I'm Jeff C. <laughs> that must be Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's episode is supported by YT Industries and we're going to be stepping behind the scenes to find out all about the development of the brand new Jeffsy Mark III. Before we jump into the episode though, I've got a few quick things that I'd like to mention. Firstly, if you want to support the podcast, then you can either set up a regular donation via my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast or grab yourself some merch from downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop or just share the episodes with your friends or on your social media and spread the word. I really appreciate everyone who supports what I do it really does make a massive difference so thanks for your help if you'd like to get a little more downtime in your life then you can join my newsletter where i'll provide you with a bit of behind the scenes info on the podcast interesting bits and pieces from around the mountain bike world some mini reviews of products that i've been using and like partner offers and more you can do that over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter oh and a huge thanks to everyone who's been in touch off the back of my newsletter last week it is much appreciated and i will get back to you all it might just take me a little while also don't forget to follow the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode you can do that by hitting that button in your podcast app now or there's buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow you can either listen to today's episode right here or if you prefer to watch it you can now do that over on my youtube channel which is youtube.com forward slash at downtime podcast i'll also pop a link to the video and everything else i've mentioned in this intro into the show notes over on my website downtimepodcast.com All right, today we're going to go behind the scenes at the development of the new YT Jeffsy Mark III with founder and chief visionary officer Marcus Flossman and product development manager Frank Durr. We chat about what the Jeffsy aims to be and what the challenges were to bring that to life. Hear about the crazy launch videos, how much goes into some of the smaller details of the bike that you probably will never notice, why they have carbon and aluminium options and which one you might prefer. We also talk about how they choose the specs, why looks are important and much, much more. Oh, and they turned the tables on me and asked me the final four questions. All right, without further ado, here's Frank Durr and Marcus Flossman. Marcus Flossman and Frank Durr, welcome to the Downtime Podcast. Uh, Marcus, you've been on before. Frank, first time. First time. Yeah, I'm excited to sit down and chat all about the new Mark III Jeffsy, but um, let's get some quick introductions done. Uh, Marcus, like we say, you've been on before, but just yeah. give us a quick reminder of like who you are and yeah, your role within YT these days. Yeah, first of all, Chris, thanks a lot for, for having me again. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. And yeah, my name is Marcus Flossman. I'm 48 years old. I'm the founder of YT Industries. I founded the company in uh, 2008, so 15 years ago. And now I'm running 
uh, as the CVO, as the Chief Visionary Officer, uh, more the strategic part of the business. So I'm not so involved in the operational part anymore, taking more care about the strategic direction and uh, brand and product identity. Yeah, nice. Good stuff, man. Thank you, Frank. Give us um, a bit of background first. Like, where does uh, your career take you to get to this point? Oh, career. That's a good point. <laughs> I wouldn't consider it as a career. Um, so I'm passionate about mountain bikes and mountains in general. And uh, actually, I started as a business controller okay. many, many, many moons ago. And at a certain point, um, I figured out, hey, man, I, I got to do that. I have to change industry because that's I can do it. But yeah, my heart is beating somewhere else. And uh, yeah, doing a big cut. And somehow I ended up in the bicycle industry as a German, in a German brand a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, did there more or less what I did here. Uh -huh. I'm doing here at uh, YD Industries. And since I think that's the seventh year already, um, I'm uh, working in the R&D department. Yeah. Taking care of different things, not working actually, let other people do the work. <laughs> and I changed my role lately from uh, being the head of R&D. Uh-huh. <clears throat> towards more uh, product marketing okay. because yeah we figured out like we use damn good in brand marketing and doing awesome campaigns and all that shit but yeah telling the um, product story from uh, R&D perspective okay um, not only externally specifically internally um, that's yeah. the role I'm I took over more or less and okay. nowadays my title is product development manager. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And what um before the Mark III, Jesse, what other products have you been involved in at YT? Um everything you can buy currently on the website. That's uh, goes from Jesse Primus over decoy, which was an awesome experience. Yeah. Um yeah, the tours and yeah, all the bikes you okay, can see. Okay, you've had a you've had a hand in all of that over the last yep. seven years. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Nice. So let's talk about the Jeffsy. And it first hit the market in 2016, I think. 2016, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And at that point, you were very much known as like a gravity-focused brand. I think that's still the case. Yeah. Um, but I think people were kind of surprised to see a 29er trail bike come from YT. Like, tell us a little bit about why Jeffsy was added to the lineup in the first place. Yeah, basically, we started in 2008 uh, with a dirt jump bike and a crew from, I would say, from the top level, from downhill and free riding, um, travel-wise, a little bit more down. So um, we came in 2014 with the Capra, with the Enduro bike, um, uh, but all the bikes we developed in the past were heavily uh, gravity-inspired. That's that's our DNA, yeah. and this makes also the difference, I would say, on most of the YT bikes, or let's say at all of the YT bikes. And in 2014, it was like that we considered that there are more 29ers coming on the market and the trail bike would also make sense in our lineup, we said, but it has to be different. Yeah. So we tested a lot of uh, competitors, uh, um, competitor bikes and uh, we figured out, okay, uh, bottom bracket height is, is a little bit too high or the um, steering angle was a bit uh, too steep and all the stuff so it didn't feel like a real gravity bike okay and that was our goal to create a trail bike with uh, gravity dna mm -hmm. and that's why we came up with the chefsy yeah definitely and, and at that time everyone tried to establish the cross-country geometry from 26 or whatsoever yeah. and just on wagon wheels and that to be honest didn't work out so no. that's what we know now yeah 29ers were not a lot of fun back in uh, 2016 all, yeah. i don't think but yeah, yeah the jeffsy was one of the first 
fun ones. Uh, Marcus, the, the name of the Jeffs has got a bit of a story behind it, which we, we learned a, a bit about earlier in the week. Um, just yeah, just tell us about how that got. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you probably know, we have uh, kind of funny or weird names sometimes for our products. And it's not that we came up with the names on a regular basis. It's like really, we have a certain idea or an impact or we sit together and then have a, a beer or whatever. And it's, um, it's, it's a funny evening and then somebody pops a name or pops out an idea and then we start developing that. And with Chefsy, it was exactly the same because the, uh, the Chefsy, the bike itself in our lineup is considered as like your best friend. It's not a specialist in a certain kind of area like in downhill or in climbing or whatever it's like a bike what you can do nearly everything and um, that's why we we talked a lot about who could be your best friend or who is your best friend and then uh, Steve Jones at this time he was uh, still at uh, Dirt Mac UK uh, we met in his local pub in his village Newland and the pub is called um, the ostrich and we went there also uh, two days ago um, and it's, it was like he came up with the name and said, hey, I know somebody, his name is Jeffsy, and he is, he's so helpful, he's so nice. If you need somebody who, who uh, bring up the fridge in the second floor, call <laughs> Jeffsy. And he is helping the guys and the kids in the woods, uh, building trails and so on. And so the name was born. Yeah, amazing. So it's just a random guy from a, random guy. a pub, a mate of Steve yeah. Jones's. <laughs> Love it. Um, who, who popped in like two days ago in the pub or yeah. a couple of days ago, yeah. Yeah, so you yeah. still see him, you still hang yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Does he ride a Jeffsy? Yes. <laughs> ah, nice, <laughs> yes. I like it. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> did, how did he feel about having a bike named after him? He felt, uh, he feels quite privileged, I would say. He told me a story, I don't know, um, I can't remember exactly in uh, what park he was but he was sitting in a lift and people beside him were talking about Jeffsy and the bike and so on and they say yeah I'm Jeffsy <laughs> that must be yeah. so for, for both parties involved that yeah. must have been a pretty strange yeah, and thing they must to happen thought like well, yeah interesting that you're Jeffsy see you later yeah. bro yeah. yeah I'm not sure many people realize that there is yeah. actually a Jeffsy yeah. like, that's pretty cool um you're not known for shying away from uh, your marketing campaigns and going pretty hard in that area and and Jeffsy came onto the scene in a pretty spectacular way i guess with a, with a huge yeah. teaser campaign markets give us some thoughts yeah jeffsy mk1 was um a complete new approach for us and also um campaign wise we decided to uh, run a teaser phase where a beautiful lady just was saying i hate jeffsy without any yt logo or whatever and we run that over a few weeks uh, online and uh in print magazines as well and everybody was guessing who the fuck is Jesse <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah it, this this was quite nice and then um, on, on on launch day we revealed um, the video as well so basically it was um, the girlfriend of a guy who was really annoyed that her boyfriend is uh, just on the trails with his new best friend with Jesse Love and it. doesn't have any time for her anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And and pretty appropriate, I guess, to a lot of people buying bikes and seeing their partner's reaction. Yeah. Um, you then somehow managed to trump that and went pretty heavy for Jeff C. Mark yeah, too. definitely. Um, so the friendship uh, theme was, of course, um, in the product and in the first campaign. And we want to uh, keep that also for the future and also for the Mark III. So um, for the Mark II, we decided to bring Frank, uh, friendship, the topic, on the next level. Yeah. So we wrote an ode um, to friendship and, uh, yeah, we had the chance to get um, Christopher Walken on board uh, for this for this campaign video, where he's talking uh, over two minutes what real friendship means. 
And this was quite a strong statement and um, yeah, it went viral. Yeah, it did. Was Christopher Walken your first choice for that role? Yes, it was our first choice. And um, when we spoke out the name or the <laughs> the, the actor we want to have for our, our media agency, said no, f forget it. We don't. <laughs> we don't need to ask because he is way too expensive, and he only had three or four commercials in his um, whole career. Now he's quite old, and he won't do that. And I said again, okay, please ask. And no, forget it. Forget it. And said please ask. And then we sent over the script, um, he read it, and he said, yes. The, the, the only thing was uh, we had to come over to um, his place yeah. to film because he don't want to fly over, over the Atlantic anymore. So this, this was the only point, but absolutely fine for us, of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so sometimes you shouldn't be too shy. Just ask what you want. Yeah, very cool. Ask for. Very cool, but that sets the bar really high. Definitely. So, <laughs> getting getting another uh, Oscar winner wasn't uh, wasn't on the plate for us. So we decided to go in a completely new direction, and uh, we all know the eighties are, are back more or less. And yeah, when when I grew up. Um, I watched all these QVC shows um, and also those action figure toys from Masters of the Universe, for example. So we decided to do a kind of a commercial clip for uh, for the Chefsy and we created an action figure. Uh, Chefsy itself, yeah. with the power of friendship, <laughs> with the fist bump of friendship. So he's a pretty big fist on the right arm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we, we came up with the idea doing this kind of... Um, toy commercial and afterwards also um, flickering over on this VHS style uh, type video to an, a QVC show where I had the chance to promote <laughs> the bike on a turntable in a really, really weird way. <laughs> and I've seen it at this point, I've seen it without the sound because yeah. you haven't quite finished it at the point of having yeah. this conversation. By the time this episode goes live, it will be out there in the public domain, but hmm. Just watching it without the sound, we were all like <laughs> laughing and chuckling at, I mean, just the look of it and what yeah. you, the way they've got you dressed. It was the same for us uh, on set. We were laughing like hell. It was, <laughs> it was insane. I got a proper wig yeah. on, on it and I thought, okay, looks quite nice. I should keep it. And then I asked for if I can buy it. And they said, okay, it's uh, 5,000K. <laughs> just for the hairpiece? Uh, yeah. No way. 5K, sorry. We, we can 5K, get you cheaper like, ones. There's oh no problem. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Just for the week. Is that okay? Crazy. <laughs> How long does a shoot like that take? Uh, so we filmed for two days in total. We had one day outdoor and uh, one day in the studio. Yes. And the part um, where I was acting was half a day. Okay. Was it yeah. uh, easy to get your lines out or was it kind of hard to do yeah, without laughing? Honestly, I, I missed a bit uh, time of preparation, so okay. I had to learn my lines uh, two days prior. <laughs> so <laughs> I was quite under pressure, uh -huh. but it worked out somehow. Yeah, amazing. And will the action figure be available? Like we've seen one in the packaging yes, and everything. Yes, uh, will be available and uh, we will um, yeah pack it to some of the bikes. Yeah, as ah, a surprise. nice. And it, I guess it's going to be quite a collectible item because it's not going to yes. be... Yeah. Millions of these things no, no, floating of around. Hey? It's it's um, limited. We had to take um, a certain amount, and uh, we made a nice packaging also for it. Yeah. And yeah, so on some bikes he will appear. And how much does it look like the real Jeffsy? Uh, basically, the real Jeffsy also has a beard. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's that comes quite close. Um, of course, um, <laughs> the action figure looks more like a He-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Muscle-wise, um, <laughs> but basically. 
not so far away. Okay, nice. I like it. Yeah. Very cool. Um, the fists are different size. Yeah, the fists. Are <laughs> yeah, it's got the big the fist pump of friendship. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, let's talk a bit more about the bike, um, Frank. Where where do you start with a project like this? Right, you've got the Mark II Jesse, very successful, popular bike. You decide you want to go Mark III. You want to improve things. You want to make stuff better. How does that project initiation phase happen? Like, what information's coming to you? How are you putting together? I guess there's like some kind of deck that says, right, here are our targets. Here's what we're going after. Like, how do you pull pull all that together? Um, yeah, good question. Um, considering specifically the uh, Chelsea MK3 is like I told you already. Like, um, we're talking about the bike now, but from R and D perspective, um, riding that bike for more than one year. Um, yeah, an input is coming more or less from a lot of different directions. Um, yeah, we ride the bike. Um, we, as a direct selling company, we do have the benefit to look in the customers' bikes uh, frequently because yeah. they're running through the uh, customer service workshop. <clears throat> we hanging out on rolling circuses, like being out in the field. Which is your demo tour for our people that demo don't know. Tour yeah, worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, we do have the chance to have deep insights from every every single direction or speaking to athletes yeah. uh, i went to leger last week and there are a lot of different influences and um i would say our strength is like we do have a super motivated r&d team and um, we not try to improve products so everyone is super motivated and passionate about mountain bikes and try to improve uh themselves like mm -hmm. changing perspectives and learning and uh, yeah growing and growing up and it's a it's an ongoing process, so there is no no actual break involved. Uh -huh. Like it's it's every day learning and improving. Like yeah. having a look now on MK One, that's that's what we did in the pub. It's like that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do that? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Things yeah. change, right? Yeah, yeah. things change. Um, there are new products, components coming in, and like UDH is coming from different directions. And yeah, yeah, New standards, old standards. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's more information than, than you can handle so there's more or less it's not the process like we, we're going to seek for information what mm -hmm. should we do is more or less like putting a filter over it and by, by filtering out oh, yeah that's interesting but not relevant okay. um, and let's focus on this and that even if it's the shape the aesthetics uh, we do have a de design language initiated by Marcos that's a really important um, thing as well and even that is evolving and mm -hmm. yeah you can see good example is the head box we call it is yeah. the head tube area um the iterations we went through and how it started as just a, a decal or masking to a 3d shaped head box which uh, a certain function yeah and um yeah it's a complex process and it's more like hey let's pick out the most relevant bits and pieces yeah so everything's evolving together i guess yeah yeah, yeah. well how how big a project is it like if you compare it to like say the scepter which was a whole new bike from the ground up compare it to an iterative like moving from a mark ii to a mark iii like how do those projects compare in scale normally we uh, com compared like the scepter or worst case like decoy uh -huh. which is the worst case from a capacity um, um, point of view best case for the market because an awesome product yeah um but there we started more or less from scratch 
and uh, for the chefs we decided yeah that should be facelift okay so yeah there's a different scale in timeline for yeah. sure and a different scaling capacity yeah but facelift uh, doesn't mean that we only change the look so we also uh, work yeah. of course um, on the kinematics on mm -hmm. the geometry on those major points yeah yeah maybe that that term is tricking like even if it's a facelift we we do review every single bolt and screw yeah. And, yeah. and axle and hardware and yeah nearly everything That's and i guess there are certain underpinnings that make a jeffsy a jeffsy and you want to keep that absolutely like all the way through so we're still full 29 like certain elements of it are, are, in, are fundamental to what the bike is i suppose yeah Yeah, that's why we we do review everything, but we try to keep the right feel. Yeah, and that's more or less the the driving factor. Like yeah. say, hey, that's the is a trail bike, 150 mil mil bike, and it should feel like this and that. Yeah, and that's the driving force. That's a starting point, and then we do yeah evaluate what it what it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of course, it also has to fit uh, in our lineup. So between the different models, like the Capra, what has a little bit more travel, mm -hmm. and the Isu with less travel, so it uh, should fit right in between that our customer clearly know which is the right, um, the right bike to go for. Yeah, it makes that decision a bit easier, I guess. There's not too much overlap between the different models. So what were the key targets then for Jesse Mark III? Like what were the, let's say, the top three or four things that you wanted to achieve with the product? Fun on the trails. Okay. Like, yeah, should be... Uh, a a versatile but capable bike yeah. because uh, that's what you find in, in every product we do we are like gravity DNA that's what we take in us yeah. and um, that's what you can find and feel in every ride with, with our products uh -huh. um, yeah, and it's a versatile bike it's a capable bike has 29 inch wheels because they do have a lot of benefits and yeah. um, it should go up the hill um, on the same level, like going downhill, so there's a there's a perfect balance between the uphill and the mm -hmm. downhill. That's more or less the scope of the bike. Yeah, it's not not a specialist, but it's a yeah, like the Swiss Army knife. Yeah, were there like more specific, almost like measurable things added into that mix? Like, so you've got the addition of storage. I'm guessing that was like a big thing from the get go. Like, we're following the industry, we're following the trends people are more and more wanting to ride without a pack or whatever yeah it's not not like people it's us as well because yeah, we yeah. park the people that's, well yeah exactly <laughs> that's yeah, the, yeah. Most, yeah. the most fun part yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah yeah uh, specifically when it comes like yeah you name it, you name it the uh down tube storage is uh, was a must-have on that bike yeah. because it makes sense yeah um super tricky and big challenge like as the first bike we do have it um but i think Uh, or you experience it, and uh, even if we invested a lot of capacity, uh, somewhat works and uh, better than expected. Not just kidding. It's, um, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of. Uh, there's a German word. It's called Hirnschmalz. Okay. It's more or less brain wax. So it is just the, the the extra bit of grinding to get there. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, opening a down tube at a certain point in that dimension, like putting a hole in something sounds super easy. <laughs> but if you try to ride on the thing, that's yeah, a more complex task. Yeah. Um, you put on your desk um, and we're engineers are German, so maybe go a little bit overboard. <laughs> like the, the, the cover, the lid on that bike is like super heavy over engineered. And kind of nerve-wracking, like... <laughs> I was quite surprised how much uh, development money you can spend on such a boring part. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we should talk about that, because you're right. Like, on the surface of it, it's boring, and people are just going to open it and close it and yeah, never think about it. It's a piece of plastic, yeah. you know. But we, went, we sat down last night after dinner, <laughs> and you got out all these, like... Th 
I don't know what 15 different like oh, levers <laughs> that's what we, we just closures. bought here because otherwise it would be too too boring for you with them. <laughs> yeah couple of boxes like it yeah I think people will miss quite how important that is but it like I mean I'm an engineer my background is engineering and I love the the elegance of the design solution that you've ended up with but like the guys were saying it was that was pretty much nine months work to get that right <laughs> where, yeah. where, where's the complaint like yeah yeah and you have sort of i think you've looked at other examples of this in the market and tried to do it better as well right it's not just like this is a tricky thing to do you've, you've yeah, set out it, to do it but do yeah, it better right it's not not based on personal preference because yeah that's stupid um and for sure we're checking what's going on outside uh what's good what's bad and where's uh space to improve yeah Oh, and even if it's like you've seen the lever to open it, the mechanism, yeah, you can spend you know, half of the life like uh, getting the haptics uh, or acoustics, the haptics, and, and everything that requires like surfaces, um, going really into deep analysis, how you open it, what fingers are you using, uh, you're using it with cloths when it's wet, um, when your thumb is numb or your fingers are numb because it's stupid cold outside and there's Everything, in our opinion, you should consider to make it right, yeah. or at least with a high percentage of like, yeah, that's nearly perfect. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, then it's just a lever. Yeah. And there's a funny story. There's a bushing in it to 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 guarantee that the function is right. And um, as a two K plastic part, the lid itself. Yeah. So we added a, a sealing lip to the outside and even that like getting that ceiling, ceiling lip into the right shore hardness to make it water resistant <laughs> and that's yeah yeah it's the, you which need, is like how you need hard or people. soft the yeah, rubber yeah, is basically yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 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 because then there's a, sh a shrinkage and there's a deformation and then the different tolerances like it's in an own ecosystem <laughs> in an ecosystem yeah. yeah but people will never notice probably on the whole because nah, it just works yeah, yeah. and it, in the end if you yeah, they just want to say, yeah, we had an idea, we nailed it, works perfect, and you try to hide how much work you really invested in That's, because it's it's yeah. it's sound, sh yeah, maybe it's ridiculous for people like him. Yeah, just make it right. Well, I mean, it's a piece of plastic. I always say, um, if nobody complains about it, we did our job good. Hundred percent. Well, yeah, a good design goes unnoticed, yep. basically, which yeah. is sad, but it's, it's yeah, the and you cannot of it. see it. It's not obvious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then even then, once you've got the the kind of open opening and the closure side of it sorted, it's not even just as simple as then stuffing all your things in the down tube, right? There's For like sure not. baffles so that things don't get lost, and you've designed like bags that fit specifically. Yeah, and yeah, that's a, that's the thing. If you start to opening the down tube or any tube on the frame, you have to take care of the inside. Yeah, um, and you're opening another different world. Like, oh, oh shit, yeah, there's the cable routing going through that, <laughs> yeah. and there's bonding tubes, and maybe there's it's open towards the down tube. And uh, if you've seen funny videos of people poking with some sticks in their bikes to get in their car because they're missing the key or whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's everything you figure out, like doing a review, what's going on outside yeah. and um, what exactly we want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And for sure, it's like the best design is like avoiding problems and or solving problems and not creating different other problems. Yeah. Um, 
yeah that's it that's the difference between design and good design for sure and even the neoprene on the bags that are inside the frame you've thought about which way around the neoprene goes oh yeah i can tell you we had every, <laughs> even with, with that maybe sometimes we go overboard like we tested i don't know how many bags still flying around in different shapes different sizes different materials um and in the end yeah we decided to go with neoprene material but um put it inside out uh-huh so having the soft neoprene material on the inside uh, to avoid any rattling noises mm-hmm. and putting the more or less water-resistant side towards the outside because yeah. it's a bigger help there. Yeah, and it helps the bag slide in and out of the yeah, frame. More, more easy, yeah. 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 We, we had a different materials and yeah, it's easy to get them stuck or whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. Um, as a full-time job, more or less, yeah to, yeah, to figure that out. Amazing. And you've I, separated, you've kept the bottle cage mount separate from the opening into the frame whereas most brands combine them what's the thinking behind that yeah it's problem solving thinking because <laughs> what we figured out in our own experience is like um you it might look more clever to put everything on the, on the lid itself like uh-huh. you can take it off easily and everything is it looks clean um but in reality if you're putting a, a filled up water bottle on a, a small piece of plastic and you're going out for a ride and not just a beer garden ride like yeah, the ride yeah. we do or we did. Um, there's a lot of like stress going into or through the screws in that plastic part and that creates issues like uh-huh. long term. Okay. And um, that's where we said, nah, no compromises here. Yeah. Uh, even it looks like, yeah, you have a lid and there's a water bottle cage to separate two items that make sense. Yeah. Impressive to fit that on the frame, right? To have that and a 620 mil bottle. Separate is a, and, it's quite and, an effort. And still get uh, the kinematics in the right place. You know? Of course, this yeah, is yeah. the main point, especially yeah. On, yeah. on our system, yeah. the virtual falling. It's like um, because we, we go on the uh, down tube, so the shock mount is on the down tube, so that limits the space as well. So, yeah, yeah it was quite tricky. Yeah, but you got there. Somehow. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, obviously that whole thing is brand new to you and a big engineering challenge because you've taken it on in a very detailed and thorough way. What what other big challenges were there with this Jeffsy Mark III? What were the big hurdles to get across? I wouldn't say big hurdles. It was good fun. Um, <clears throat> if you talk about um, some USBs of of the bike, um, geometry and kinematics, like you said, is always like that creates a certain ride feel. Yeah. And that's everything we're going to review again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always like number one, like how we want to... Uh, let the the bike feel on the ride so uh, how should the kinematics feel like with the chefsy mk3 we figured out there's a certain amount of anti-squat okay um we have to dial in and uh, always consider it in right uh, sec um to create um a certain amount of acceleration because that's good fun in trail riding yeah. and um like we had here like flat soft corners yeah. and you still want to have a smooth ride uh you need grip yeah um yeah that's the point we talk about uh, pedal kickback mm-hmm. there's always a big topic yeah we try to drop them rep- rapidly um for sure there's end progression always like a big topic even like we figured out you uk guys you're really into into building jumps and yeah you don't give a fuck about landing so it's always like hack to flat um and that's where that bike can shine yeah with that it does feel quite bottomless to be fair like it, yeah. you i thought this was quite cool you took us on a ride um before giving us any information on the bike so we didn't know any of the numbers 
and at lunch asked us to write down some of the key figures from what we'd felt from the morning. Bike, bike bingo. Bike bingo, which is <laughs> one of them was the rear travel. I think we all, uh, or at least two out of the three of us, put more than it actually has. Yeah, like it does, you did, It does yeah. have a bottomless feel to it. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It feels That's bigger what bike. That's what we try to achieve. Yeah. 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 Impressive. Yeah, and the effective C-tube angle was also a big topic for the, the different uh, sizes. Yeah, like geometry, um, like you said, the uh, effective or everyone knows there's several numbers like effective C-tube angle and actual C-tube angle. Yeah. Kind of complicated and we took it even there next level make it even more complicated. <laughs> so um, we're talking about the effective C-tube angle on average saddle height. Yeah. Across all frame sizes. Yeah, specifically, uh, that's a, still a myth like that C-tube angle. Um, normally it goes like you're figuring out for the first size you're developing because yeah. you're going into a certain sequence and uh, you're nailing down geometry and you're calculating the geometries for the other frame sizes and what normally happens, n not only what happens to everyone or every brand's um, the smaller you get in frame size, the steeper the effective C-tube angle will get, which mm -hmm. isn't a problem. Yeah. Um, the bigger issue is like, the bigger you go in frame size, the slacker the C-tube angle gets. Yeah. Um, and if you are not like an extra large, I'm an extra large guy, and um, you're riding the full drop of your, of your um, seat post, your shift gets, uh, your weight gets shift heavily towards the rear axle. Yeah. And that's, quite unfair to bigger guys um, and that's why we put in that well, elbow grease like figuring out how to, to get there and uh, what you can say in a Chef's MK3 every single frame size has guaranteed the same effective C-tube angle on saddle height yeah. by 77 degrees which yeah. is a super modern geometry yeah. and it's the guarantee that everyone has the same right feel yeah super good and I guess combined with that is the chain stay length right yeah so you've gone with, I think you've got two sizes. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's not like the just dining out the C-tube angle geometry isn't in other ecosystem. And meanwhile, we figured out that it's not really important to have the shortest chain stay length to yeah. have a fun ride. It's more about to have a well-balanced geometry. Specifically, if, if you're going for longer rides and spending yeah. some hours on, on that bike, uh, should pedal awesome. Um, yeah, that, it's a lot of work to do, like figuring out the right geometry. Yeah, definitely. But I've, I mean, my experience was that it's a very easy bike to get on with. Like you get on it, you ride it. I didn't feel like I was moving around on the bike trying to get the grip to balance front to rear or like I wasn't losing the front end at any point. Like it feels yeah. like, is that part, did you set out yeah. to make a bike that's yeah. easy to ride? Uh, yeah, sure. As well yeah, as fun yeah, to ride. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And and that, that that balanced ride feel, like I said, that's super important because otherwise, like you you say, like losing front wheel grip, like that's horrible. That's we all hate, and that comes with a certain at chain uh, chain stay length. Yeah, and just make it too short, and yeah, your your body weight um, will get shifted towards the front or the rear end, and yeah. and it most of the times and then ended up in like a mess. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, not not go for a ride on Saturday yeah. because bike sucks. Yeah, yeah. and keeping that feel across the range because I, I guess I'm fairly lucky in that I'm generally a medium in most brands. But some people, if they're mm. a small or an extra large, they've suffered in some instances of the balance moving away from the optimum where yeah. maybe it is in the middle of the range, but you've, you've counted that. I guess. Yeah, un unfortunately, that's the fact. Um, 
but that's not we gonna we're going to do. We've tried to figure out every each geometry, and not only that. If you review products, you can find out there. Um, to me, at least, you can see an aesthetic drop when it's come to the smaller frame sizes. Like small sizes, normally look like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Better to have it, but yeah, yeah. kind of compromised. Yeah. yeah, and you've also managed to keep it as well as keeping it like easy to ride and balanced, you've managed to keep the ride feel kind of playful and fun. Yeah, I like Which I, I find a lot of 29ers, that the 20, I ride a mullet most of the time. And this bike has come the closest to me forgetting that I'm on a full 29er. You get that occasional thing if it gets steep where you like, you can feel your rear wheel and as a shorter rider, there's a, a bit less room to move. But broadly speaking, I found I forgot that it was a full 29 other than some of the, like the benefits of rollover and stability. But how have you how have you gone about trying to keep that yeah that playful poppy like lively ride feel like it it feels quick to maneuver but also kind of ready to like pop and hop and skip lines and jump over stuff yeah um and and that's the combination of everything i spoke about is the geometry is the head tube angle just uh, change the length um specifically the kinematics everything plays together and that's why it's so complicated to to generate that because it's super complex to figure that out and it's just to have to tweak here and there and not only saying like we need longer reach yeah we need yeah. longer reach that that's that's too or would be awesome but that's too simple yeah and you go into quite a lot of detail on um setup so your setup guides i've ridden a few of your bikes over the last couple of years and i've always been pretty impressed with like how good the base settings are from the website and you know that was echoed this week with the setup that we had I think I changed one click of high-speed rebound on the fork just because yeah. I'm unfit and my arms weren't really up to the job. But otherwise, like the settings are pretty bang on, which I think is cool for people because a lot of people spe- either just ignore that and don't do anything with it or spend ages puzzling. Like, how yeah. do you guys approach getting those setup guides? Riding. Really? Just hours? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Um, um, we ride a lot and we do have uh, specific R&D riders. And uh, yeah, it's like the never ending story, like working with suspension suppliers, like figuring out the right tune. I think that's still an untold story. Yeah. So um, every shock you can buy on our bike or coming with the bike is specifically tuned for that kinematics. And we're investing a lot of time, like having ride camps where we try different shock tunes and uh-huh. then we tweak here and there and getting back and forth and changing this and then you figure out ah oh, no the older one or the last one that have been better so it's a yeah the never-ending chase for the right tune yeah and then for sure we're going and you're setting up the range and like you you've set up down to like we need four clicks high speed compression on that yeah and um we learned a lot uh, through the rolling circus uh, okay. so once you joined the rolling circus so yeah. we test our recommendation yeah frequently like are we we still on track or what's Uh, the feedback out of the field is like people complaining about it or are they happy with it so we can adjust if needed okay so you're getting feedback from a really wide range of riding ability through the whole year yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah Yeah. through the whole product range and yeah nice that's cool yeah that's super helpful yeah let's talk about aluminium versus carbon Mm. like marcus where this whole brand (laughs) came from you wanting to create accessible products like good price points for people and i guess that's part of what keeps aluminium like an important part of the brand absolutely absolutely so um 
offering um, high-end products for a good price-performance ratio. This was always my my main goal since yeah. the beginning. And um, But it's not the only reason why we keep aluminium in our lineup because there are a lot of aluminium lovers out there. They really prefer this material instead of carbon fiber. And I guess, yeah, it uh, comes to the point where we say it makes sense to keep both on the lineup. Mm -hmm. um, also, we have a model where we share exactly the same specification on a carbon fiber frame and an aluminium frame to offer the same stuff for uh, aloe lovers but at the end of the day of course it helps us to manage um, to, um, or getting a super nice entry level price for our um, core one yeah. and what we achieved with the new Chefsy core one it's in my opinion one of the best bikes on the market not only because of the performance it's really for 2500 bucks a bike like that it's insane I would I would share that statement like when you showed us it earlier in the week I was pretty blown away by what you've been able to achieve at that price um, and I guess that leads us to talking about spec I, I think there's some cool stuff I think it's really cool that you've spec the same tires across the whole range like you haven't compromised on that and I think a lot of effort went into if I'm right the brake choice as well for that low end like you've picked those two key performance things that make a bike work like good tires good brakes and good suspension and, well, and, and good, good suspension good yeah, kinematics yeah. Geometry and <laughs> says the engineers uh, talking again but yeah like it must be hard to put together it's it's not easy but I would imagine it's easier to design a super expensive high-end model than it is to design something that's nearly as good for way 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 less money right absolutely absolutely when you go full high end then you have all the options you can pick um, the best what you what you want what you need what you like whatever and uh, but when it comes down to the budget version you have to be really sensitive by picking um, the right parts because um, we don't want to sell a bike with fake parts or with parts who are not able on this um, to perform on this level yeah so um, yeah that's getting tricky. So it takes way more time to develop a core one instead of a core five. Yeah. Yeah. And to make it, you know, it looks good. It looks like it's part of the range. Yeah. You don't feel like you're left out on the sort of the cheap stuff kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's but cool. I'm, I'm still happy that then we can claim, yeah, we're going the same same distance or investing the same capacity in uh, developing an aluminum bike. Yeah. Um, and having come there, companies, they only do aluminum bikes, but we do both materials. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we spoke about that. We have some really uh, aluminum hats, like <laughs> engineers, specifically for the Chefsy. Uh, yeah. Props go to Harald. He's the engineer and he doesn't give a shit about carbon fiber bikes. Yeah, you were so, saying the, yeah. guy, the guys behind the alley products, that were, <laughs> they wouldn't ride. They're like, no, nah, we're having the aluminum. I mean, they would like. if they get forced to, but yeah, yeah, if yeah. they could pick, there's no, no discussion yet. They love it that much. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's a big challenge, right? Like you've got some quite... Um, interesting shapes in the carbon like the and the whitey identity like he's talked about the head box the is head super box important is, the logo yeah. placement all this kind of stuff is a big part of what makes a bike a whitey bike and creating that in get like hydroformed aluminium tubing that's not a simple piece of work eh? that's not simple and it's also not cheap <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um and yeah and and even here we learn over the time i can remember we had some a certain a certain period of time we say hey that's the carbon fiber bike um make it make it same look just different material yeah and you ending up in a nightmare like that's most of the time not even 
possible or you have to fake it and tweak it here and there which is and then it gets super heavy just oh, to yeah. pick up this shape and yeah that's where we land we, we we have reviewed some aluminum tubes yesterday yeah, you had so, some of the roll uh, sheets. yeah, yeah. We, we learn over the time because we do have good partners and we we do learn every day from each other like how to deal with aluminum material in the right way yeah and still keeping our design language which is like oh if we would bring in designers we <laughs> if we experience that yeah you can talk about all the small little details for hours but it's the silhouette it's the weight distribution it's the tube dimensions and everything comes together yeah to let it or to generate the yt specific look yeah there's a lot of work we, we learned but i think for the chefs it looks awesome for yeah for sure for this price point it's yeah. mind-blowing and you've had to you know your i guess your relationship with the factories you use the manufacturers you must have to be super strong because you're pushing them I mean, on, I'm sure on the carbon as well, but definitely on the aluminium side, like you're pushing them pretty hard, like <laughs> to to yeah. get better at what they're doing, to be able to create new shapes. Like it's we are quite a nightmare for them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Shermans are coming. Oh, yeah. Um, no, actually, it's good. It's good fun, and um, sometimes, yeah, it's helpful to put a certain amount of pressure. That's what they do with us as well. Yeah, yeah, pushing us, like keeping timelines. Hey. Hmm. You have to deliver, um, but actually, as a, as a as a good long term partnership, and we avoid to hop from A to B and back again and chasing the best price. We're yeah, chasing yeah. for the best product, yeah, and that requires a strong and reliable partnership. Yeah, nice. How does the specification side of things work then? Obviously, there's a huge amount that goes into the lower end, like we talked about, but like creating the spec across the range is it is it like a bit of online shopping? <laughs> or are you like is everyone at work out on all the new product trying everything because you've got i mean there's a lot of products out there and, and the vast majority of stuff is pretty good these days but there's definitely bits that are better than others how do you think about and go about putting together the spec of all the different models and how much impact is like availability and covid kind of related issues still having on that stuff because i know some brands have struggled in the last three years or so to be able to have consistent stock of certain We things. all struggle, to be honest. Yeah. 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 So how, how do those specs come together? Who wants to take that? Um, we do have a, a product managing team. Okay. So there are dedicated people taking care of that, like yeah. figuring out what's available or we are still in, in frequent touch with uh, all the component suppliers, like, hey, what's the latest shit? And uh, even there, we do have strong partner mm -hmm. partnerships, like they pick us up with new products when they're not sure they're asking we go for testing and it's it's the never-ending process and at a certain point you have to finger point yeah i want to get this and that and for sure price is, is a topic as well yeah but the driving force is like how we want to have that specific spec um feels on a trail and then you are chasing down the performance and then you're figuring out ah. Uh, that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just getting it's this, uh, a, a lot of ping pong back and forth, but the performance of the product or the specific spec, that's the driving force. Yeah, yeah. And there's obviously like a lot of consideration that goes into it. There was a comment on one of the rides this week, like, oh, why have, why have you not used the new AXS shifter pods on this model? And it was cool, Mark, because I like, I, it was nice <laughs> to hear your like genuine response to that. You're not, personally weren't a fan and you don't like yeah. how that looks on the bike so i guess everybody knows that i'm quite honest with my opinions and um, it was like uh, when we got the pots uh, for for testing the first what i recognized what I, uh, was that they are 
fucking ugly. And I, I can prove that. I, I can <laughs> still can hear that. And <laughs> I said, okay, we, we develop a high-end mountain bike and try to get everything slick and as close as possible to the handlebar. And then you have this big block underneath the handlebar. It was a huge step back uh -huh. for me. And I said, okay, even if they are way cheaper than the other versions, what they offer, um, I don't want to have it on my bikes, not even on a core one. Yeah. So we spent a few bucks more yeah. on each bike just to get the right shifters. Nobody will really notice it or maybe not. That's maybe wrong, but um, nobody will decide to go for the bike or to not go for the bike mm -hmm. because of the shifters. But for me, it was it was a hard thing. I said, okay. <laughs> they're out out <laughs> yeah and the, the other ones do look a lot better to be yeah. fair i'm with you i think at least for me that's the the beauty in 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 our brand it's not like we do have some excel spreadsheet juggling product managers it's yeah, yeah. still a team effort and even marcus as a founder is still involved in in chasing down the, the right spec and it's like not like going shopping it's mm -hmm. more like like we're sitting around with a couple of friends after ride and, and more or less picking the spec yeah. and then figuring out, oh yeah, that's too expensive or no, that's something we can afford or yeah, yeah. yeah that doesn't make sense even if this it's the latest product um, and the product might, or the spec might be different if we would run like spread, spreadsheets chasing down the cheapest bike or yeah. creating the biggest margin we ever can. Yeah, nice. And this is this the first time we've had a Core 5 Yeah, it's the first time okay. because um, this is also the first time that we uh, really offer uh, um, a core model in aluminium and carbon fiber okay. with the same specification. Yeah. So this adds in and this is the reason why the core uh, fiber is... Yeah, okay. So it's pushed yeah. everything. Exactly. Okay. So it's not like basically it's a it higher would be end. A core, no, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. it would be a core four, but in okay, this case yeah. it went up to core five. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It'd be cool to see the difference in demand between those two models, Ali yeah, and carbon yeah. with the same spec. Yeah. Because it's a super good spec. Absolutely. It'd be interesting to see which way people go. Do you have a feel for like, if someone was toying between the two different materials, let's say money was no object, like from a performance perspective, how would you describe the difference between the two? So that's an interesting question. Oh, yeah. It's a never any question, to be honest. <laughs> it's a, you can you can say it's the same for wheels. That's in car. It's a, of course, yeah, yeah. If we nail it down to material, I would say carbon is... A, bit more precise yeah, yeah and for sure weight is always a factor when i say yeah. um if you're chasing down for a, a precise right feel pick the carbon ones uh -huh. um if you're chasing down a more compliant right feel go for the aluminum okay it's a different performance on the same high level yeah um yeah it's i would say that's that's the baseline yeah so if you were hitting trails like we did like blind and They're rough trails and rock gardens coming and you're not sure, maybe the aluminum, okay. a little bit more compliance is yeah, a better A bit better more forgiving pick. in that respect. Yeah, yeah, and that's why, for example, I told you we, we picked the uh, aluminum wheels for all bikes yeah. just because of that. Because trail riding is nothing you can train. It's not like downhill where you have to all, all the time the same trails and yeah. you know every stick and every stone. Mm -hmm. um, it's more like, yeah, hit the trail, have fun and go for it. Yeah, and it's a less accurate like riding style probably you're not yeah. millimeter a little bit more forgiving yeah, yeah yeah makes sense yeah one one difference between the aloe frame and uh, carbon fiber is also the storage not yeah, to forget yeah. so okay. if somebody's really fancy At having a storage in the frame then yeah um, he has to go for a carbon fiber yeah course. fair makes yeah. sense um 
let's talk about one of the other big like topics at the moment headset cable routing is that a topic <laughs> it seems to be there's a lot of bikes <laughs> coming out not, with uh, it. what is that <laughs> at least not for us oh yeah that's like you say there's a, a big discussion like um if you go through comments in on on, on websites it's like there's strong opinions currently on the market um it's relatively easy for us and i get that i i it's fair enough it looks tidy looks clean it it's super quiet if it's worked out perfectly and if you don't have to maintain a bike yeah and that's the drawback unfortunately it's everything is aesthetically awesome but if if it comes down to maintenance or serviceability uh yeah we don't do that yeah and i'm guessing a lot of thought goes into that side of things because you want to make it as easy as possible for yeah whether it's a shop or a customer like to be able to work on their it's, own bike yeah considering the whole cycle uh we try to get people back on the bike as fast as possible so uh, we have would have to invest more in engineering mm. without having the benefit like that's better than our cable routing system currently because everything is internal cable routed and that's yeah. super easy to do for, for if you a customer you want to change the hoses or whatsoever or change brake it's easy just there's a hole here, there's a hole here, stuff it in here, it comes out over there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that everything starts to get sideways if if you're doing that thing. <laughs> um, and uh, in terms of serviceability, if you as a customer, you ship the bike to us and like get it serviced, yeah. it would require even more or longer lead times in 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 that exactly that terms and that's not in our interest it's yeah. like imagine that's a peak season and uh these bikes are coming in they're messing up the whole process and see you later bro you get your bike when first snow is coming yeah and yeah everything adds up like no don't do that even some of the smaller stuff right you've moved the bolt access to one of the linkage bolts on this version over the last one right yeah, yeah. just simple things that make everyone's life easier i guess yeah that's just, that's if you talked about or asked me um about the requirement sheet what we put on that and serviceability is always a topic for all the bikes yeah even if it comes down um to put all screw heads on one side to gain easy access and not letting you run around the bike in circles to change or open screws. Yeah. Everything comes down to that as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that integrated ones, nah. Get rid of it. It's <laughs> Fair it, play. Yeah. So it's integrated ones dead. Yeah. It's been a it's been a long project, right? And you, you said you've been riding around on this bike for pretty much twelve months. How does it feel to finally get it in front of people? Like you've had a number of like journalists through, you've got more coming, but like you're getting people on the bike now. How does how does it feel to finally like get it out there, get people on it, get people experiencing it? Because it's up until that point, like I guess, I mean, you guys obviously are happy with it because otherwise you wouldn't be releasing it. But like, it must be interesting <laughs> to start getting that feedback. For me, it's just, it's always like really a special moment. Um, getting the bike out and have the first journalist riding it it's, and I'm really waiting to, um, to see their reactions and how did they come back, do they have a smile on the face or not and um, for me in, in, in this case of the new Chepsi was uh, quite similar because I 
didn't have the chance to write it before the press camp by myself. No way, really? Because okay. the last half year I was so busy yeah. and I was traveling around the world. And it's had so hard to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so impossible. This was indeed at the first group. It was my first day on the new Chefsy. And honestly, and it's not marketing, whatever, This I was blown away okay. how how dialed it is. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, yeah, it feels even more uh, gravity inspired like the first one we did. Yeah, way more yeah, yeah. Um, I brought the first one the Mark uh, 1 what I wrote on the first press camp in uh, 2016 I brought it to the uh, to the pub as well yeah. and uh, when you look at the bike in, in comparison at this time it was already oh my god wow yeah, but yeah. now it of course looks quite old and I was like like back in the days on the first one I was so impressed about the performance and about the handling of the bike it feels so playful so much fun for me so the guys did a really really great job so from my side thanks a lot to the whole R&D <laughs> department because they know what they are doing yeah and it was cool to see like how many of you guys came out for this event like I get it shows how much it means to you to see the reactions and to like be there to answer questions stuff like absolutely yeah I've, I really have appreciated yeah. like having the chance to meet so many of the people behind it it's been super cool but I guess it's good for you guys as well to like have that the yeah, direct yeah, connection, yeah. the yeah, direct yeah, yeah. feedback, it's, it's super impossible. Yeah. Imagine you joined for, for a band, like, and you're writing a song or whatsoever, and then you're gassing around, and you training a lot, and uh, then that's the final gig. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, you're, you're hoping for applause, like, yeah. and um, yeah, always appreciate, like, we try to bring in the R&D people as well, because they are, they are creating actually actually doing doing the actual work, yeah, yeah. and it's always good to see um, the final product. Like presenting the final product is like you're yeah, singing your own created song. I mean, let other people sing it. Like nah, but yeah, it's I would love to bring even more people in and get it at experience. Yeah, even if it's nerve nerve wracking. Like uh. yeah, and how much thought goes into the trails that you use for an event like this? Because Obviously, every bike in the range is slightly different. Do you try and... A lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, definitely. So the guys do um, trail scouting weeks and months before yeah. to figure out the right trails um, for the bike mm -hmm. that you can get the full experience and not only a part of it. Because we claim, especially on the Chefsy, it's a bike you can do everything with it. So it's 50-50 uphill and, yeah. and downhill. Yeah. So um, we needed trails, natural trails, where we also have to climb a little bit. I know it was a bit annoying for us at the first day. <laughs> and some people pulled out tired <laughs> because it was too tough. N not finger pointing on anyone here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the mixture is, is really key. Yeah. And yeah, it was a super good mix actually. Like the first day was like relatively, not like flat, but like much lower, less gradient kind of thing, more like playful you like appreciating how quickly the bike accelerates and rolls and the yeah the benefits of the 29er with more pedaling so you could see that side yeah. and yeah the second day was like steeper a bit more tech a mixture of sort of flow and some we rode some pretty janky stuff towards the end of the day <laughs> and thanks to the uh welsh yeah. weather it was pretty slippery <laughs> um, yeah it's been cool to see like all the different things that the yeah. bike can do and uh and yeah it has that i i don't think i really got the friendship piece initially but having spent a couple of days on it, like in all those different locations, I totally get where you're coming from with like, it's just a bite that sort of got your back, whatever you do yeah. with it, which is, uh, yeah, it's cool. And we rode, we rode some, some wicked trails supported by a couple of um, amazing trail associations. And I didn't oh, realize yeah. until pretty recently that 
you guys support some of these trade associations through yep. like the demo side of things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, with every bike a demo. There's fifteen pounds collected. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's like we, we try to work with the guys here around uh, to maintain trails because there's always a lot of work to let us enjoy the weekend or the ride. And um, yeah, we consider ourselves as a core brand. Yeah, um, we are. Yeah, core mountain bike riders, and we always appreciate nice trails. And uh, we thought there might be good benefit if we get involved somehow. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice way to do it. Hey, like, yeah, it sounds easy. Like of, with everything, yeah. like like shoveling somewhere in the woods sounds maybe not so exhausting, but it's getting people motivated. It's a lot of work. Everyone who tries to build a trail, it's not like a lot of work. You have to know what you do. You can mess it up in every corner. Maybe we should encourage these people here to build some landings. That would be <laughs> maybe the next step. Then, yeah. it's just because you're going so fast, you're missing the landings, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, that happened quite a yeah, there, quite there often, were quite yeah. a few overshoots this <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, even yesterday, Definitely. it was like, ah, it was yeah. a bit too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's um, yeah, we don't speak about that. Yeah, not even often, like yeah, nearly yeah. never. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's not like we putting that on our website no, because it's, it's yeah that's what, what we cool. do yeah it's yeah. not a lot of people for some not a lot of money for someone to demo a bike but put all that together and it makes a big difference to these like small basically fully volunteer-led yeah, associations that are doing cool stuff for all of us to write so yeah, yeah that's, it's that's, good. that's the feedback we heard like yeah. um we bring actually a lot of money compared yeah. to others like yeah okay yeah good on you appreciate it. it nice before we wrap up then i'll ask you both the same question like what are you most proud of in the jeffsy mark three like what's been the biggest success from your perspective uh we'll start with you market for me it's definitely that the bike is so dialed so composed it's like it it's you can do everything it's not a specialist like i said it's like your best friend and um with this approach what we already had on the first bike we got a step further with mark two and with mark three now another step further and then in combination of course um with the storage system it's an everyday bike yeah so if i could only afford one bike i would definitely go for the chefsy and in this case our guys nailed it i would say yeah yeah i would i rode the mark two about a year ago and this definitely feels a step on a from like um how to explain it i felt safer to push That's from the, the get-go on the mark three compared to the marks not that the mark two felt sketchy in any way but like i just felt like i could go harder from the start on this bike yeah. which is cool yeah absolutely yeah. yeah it's the one the one bike to go yeah yeah and to me the most rewarding thing like or the most thing i'm proud of is like working for such a period of time and like it's it's the perfect proof like if we yeah ending the, the the ride with high fives and having laughs and everyone is enjoying the ride yeah there's always like oh awesome <laughs> yeah let's crack a beer yeah it was good yeah. a lot of fun we're going to wrap up with our final four questions marcus mm. you've answered these in the past so uh if people want to hear marcus's answers you can go back to the episode from i think october 2022 with you and sam yeah right um but Frank, unfortunately, you're going to have to do these, man. I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me know what the questions. All right. The first one, if you had £150, which is going to be like €180 Euros or something, to improve your performance on a bike, what would you recommend people go spend that money on? Fucking skill training. Yeah? I mean, we can talk about setting up the suspension, but that would be next level. If you know how to ride, how should it feel? Mm -hmm. You you cannot improve just buying different parts. Yeah. 
Totally. And trust us, we dialed us back for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, skill training. That's yeah. my answer. Okay. Have you done much in the past, like skill stuff? Or? Not enough, obviously. Okay. But yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. No, we're never enough. <laughs> I did a couple of them, but as always, like you have seen in the shuttle ride, in the Landy, it's uh -huh. always like I tried to ask, hey, like Joey, super fast guy yeah. on my R&D track, like, hey, we had it yesterday. He wrote behind me and said, ah, you shit. Yeah, you're breaking too hard. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there's always a lot to learn. Yeah. yeah never you're doing yourself down there. Everyone from YT seems to shred pretty hard. Like, it's a fast bunch. We are riders, action riders. Yeah, amazing. It's cool. All right, next one. If you could wind back the clock and sit down with yourself age 16, what advice would you give him? I had a nice discussion with my dad a couple of weeks ago, and he, he said just, hey, relax, sit it out. Time would solve it. And I thought about that, and yeah, maybe he's right. Like, that's what I would say to myself at an age of 16. Don't be too stressed out. Yeah. Uh, know where you want to go, strive for that, push hard, work 100% or even more, but in doubt, relax. I like that. Most problems go away if you ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> not all of them no, no, my experience is not all of them <laughs> you have to pick the right words yeah, to ignore yeah, yeah. but yeah often you can just like yeah. breathe and step back yeah and if you and it's not the same when you get a letter from the tax office for example yeah, that's but a, I don't yeah. ignore them <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I change the name and disappear <laughs> <laughs> like it alright next one if you could have a coaching session with anyone past or present who would it be and what would you want to learn from them oh super interesting question um, a coaching session, I would say, um, I would prefer to sit down with Mr. Kelly Slater. Okay. Don't want learning to serve, or maybe that would be awesome as well, yeah. because I'm struggling there 100% as well. <laughs> but it's more the question, or the, co the it's more life coaching, mm -hmm. because that, that guy is super old, like yeah. a little bit older than us. Like, yeah, and still killing <laughs> um, it. And still killing it. Like, how the fuck is that possible? <laughs> and um, the most interesting part is like, are you pushing that limits for 40 plus years? Um, still pushing it. Now he's, uh, what I read so far, he's waiting for a hip surgery, mm -hmm. going to take him out for a couple of months and he's still saying, yeah, I will be back. You could expect to, me to be back and rip it and Unreal. like, where's that drive coming? Yeah. Like, and, even the most impressive part is like he's not an asshole or at least seems not to be there's no yeah. scandals um still supporting kids like being on a boat trip with jackson dorian like age of 13 or 14 like having having yeah. that that picture like oh man that's mind-blowing and how is that possible to be driven without having scandals and being in good shape and What's that fucking secret? Yeah, there's a few Let of those know. guys here across yeah, the squad, Greg, like Tony, Greg Minar, Tony Hawk, like, Greg Minar, yeah. Damn it, yeah. yeah. I'm struggling each Saturday, like getting myself out <laughs> we, of bed, like, we, oh, go yeah. for a right, or let me do a stretch first and call me later, yeah? Yeah, we all got out of the Land Rover yesterday after the ride, we're like, oh, my knees hurt. I mean, like, the Landy is, uh, that's a different problem. <laughs> yeah, true. You must be super good in Tetris and yoga to get in and out. <laughs> to get that many people in the Landy, <laughs> yeah. for sure, yeah. All right, last one. Something you do every day that you feel benefits you oh that's easy one it's coffee yeah uh yeah that gets me going like uh, a high cup of coffee with milk yeah i don't need that foam on, on the milk just pour milk in it i'm fine with that make the muck bigger then yeah and uh a shower actually okay i you cannot speak to me without having a shower or a cup of coffee i'm not able to exist 
my body is working somehow, finding yeah. its way to the shower. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, yeah, I'm I'm there for you. Are you into like contrast showers, like hot, cold, or just keeping this? No, thing? I'm super simple guy. Yeah. Like, give me a big mug of coffee with just milk, cow milk, full gluten, and everything, yeah. and a normal hot shower. Okay. That's it. I cannot I cannot handle that cold <laughs> shower. That no, that's. Fair me, play. Yeah, freaking me out. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, where where are we sending people if they want to find out more about YT, if they want to check out the new Jesse Mark III? Where should they be heading? Yeah, basically um, to our website, first of all, the web shop. Uh, there are all the information, specification of all of our products listed, of course. Then if you have the chance to come by uh, YT Mill, close to London in the Surrey Hills, for example, or in Germany at our headquarter, mm -hmm. or in the US, California. If you live close by, come by, have a have a look, um, demo a bike, grab a beer or a coffee and enjoy the good times. And also diving a little bit into our YT experience world. So get connected with our campaign ideas. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's quite yeah, it's a nice cool. experience. I like how say. you bring those to life in the yeah. mills, like I've seen it in yeah. the Surrey Hills version. I'm excited to see what the new Jeffsy area will look like in the mills as well. I imagine it's going to be quite good There will good fun. be a huge Jeffsy dude. Yeah. <laughs> you already met him. I've met, I've met the big Jeffsy. Big yeah, fist, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And for sure you can check out on social media and uh, our YouTube channel is awesome. Nice. Yeah. And not, not to forget Rolling Circus yeah. next season. Perfect. That's yeah, a bad, that's a big question. Like, hey, we can I ride a bike. Yeah, we do yeah. have we do have a demo tour. Like, check out the dates are announced on the website, and it's yeah. super amazing. Yeah. Perfect. I will stick links to all of that stuff in the show notes. But yeah, thank you to you guys, and Chris, thanks to everyone. Can I interrupt? From YT. I do have yeah. some questions for you guys. Oh no, here we go. What would you do if you do have a hundred fifty pounds available to improve improve something on your bike on yourself? What are your answers to it so for I, super tricky yeah, questions so I, I would find um someone who is better on a bike than me and that's not e that's not hard to find but like someone who's not too much better oh, you're actually a good rider thank you it's very kind but I've, i could learn a lot someone who's a little bit faster so that you can kind of stick with them but it's a stretch yeah. and i would buy two uplift tickets <laughs> and some yeah. food and some drink and I'd take us riding for the day and I'd follow them Yeah, because be I don't nice, think uh, my riding ever progresses more than when I ride behind someone who I can keep up with but that I've got to work to keep yeah, up with. It's that guy with yeah. eyes on his on his, on his his head like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he rides again he can see how fast you're yeah. going it's just adding this 10% extra yeah, yeah that's and a good some, idea. And some really fast riders are good at assessing where you're at and toning it back like yeah. I've ridden with Nico which was awesome and he was able to like wind back a bit and ride at a pace where it was a challenge for me but like if he rode at his yeah, pace he, yeah he yeah just, he you don't disappear. kill yourself yeah, yeah just totally. going the extra mile which yeah. you wouldn't normally yeah. do yeah. and you see the way they approach lines and it pulls you into those lines and it just makes you ride differently and yeah. better and and yeah, that uh, line choice is like oh yeah, i'm yeah. messing it up all the time like oh there's yeah. a weird line choice yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if it wasn't about getting better then it would be someone who rides creatively like i've yeah, got a friend yeah. Tom, who unfortunately has moved to New Zealand. Well, not unfortunately for him, obviously, but for me. <laughs> but like he'd always find insane lines, like he'd be up a bank somewhere or yeah. like Scandi flicking into turns. If you want a good day on a bike following someone yeah. like that, oh, good. that sounds so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Either of those. Anything you would tell your age of 16, <laughs> dude, like young, young Chris dude, come here, there's an advice. Yeah, I would. I think um, so. I've I've thought because no one's ever asked me these questions. Oh, sorry. Sort of surprises me. Sorry. But I have thought about coming the out of nothing. <laughs> no, you're all good. I like. Are it. you prepared? Should yeah, we I am. Sort of do prepared. it in the next podcast. Then? No, I've thought <laughs> I've thought about this one. Um, I think I would um, redefine success 
Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so I think, and I'm not blaming my parents, I would blame society. I think we are, in the UK, in the era that I grew up in anyway, you're, you're, you're kind of pushed into believing that success is based on your uh, salary and your status. Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always like, I want to earn more money and I want to like get promoted. And uh, it took me a far too long to realize that neither of those things made me happy. In fact, they probably did the opposite. Like every yeah, time I got promoted, point, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm going to get promoted today and you get it. And you're like, oh, I just got more work. Yeah, I don't feel it. <laughs> I've got loads more responsibility, less time yeah. and a tiny amount more money. Yeah. Or I'm even more trapped in the company. Like I think working out how you define success and what's important to you at a young age, it would be like transformative. Like how you yeah, measure how you're doing. I agree. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I would change. Thanks for, sure. for your answers. I don't want to stress you out too no, much. No, man, so. you're all good. <laughs> Have you got more? <laughs> yeah, two more. Go on then. Actually, can I look it up what the questions are? Uh, the next oh, one. is the idol. Yeah, the coaching session. Yeah, the coaching session. We yeah. had this discussion on a ride actually this week um, with Joey. Um, this is tricky because there's so many cool people in this yeah, sport, yeah. right? Um, and again, I think it comes down to like there's different things. There's like, do you want to get better at riding? Do yeah, you want like yeah. a piece of life coaching? Like uh, some people have said that like actually Petey, obviously good at yeah, riding, yeah. but also really good at like the life element stuff. He's helped quite a lot of people on that. Um, but I think like if I was focusing it on like performance and riding, mm -hmm. it would be like Fabian Burrell or Nico Vulio. Um, I don't really know Nico. I know Fabian a bit, um, but never had the chance to ride with him. But I know a lot of that, people that have. Yeah, I did it a couple of times, and exactly, exactly what uh, yeah. with Fab is like. I don't know how can have you in his vision riding behind him, but it's exactly that ten percent. You go more than you would normally go, and it's like he is showing you or showing you. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's awesome. But he's also super analytical. I think. Oh. Like, I think there are some riders that are just fast. Like they maybe couldn't translate that yeah. and help you get faster. Yeah. Fabian, hundred percent could make me faster. He's super deep in, yeah, yeah. in every single everything. detail. Yeah, like, like he'd oh. be moving your elbow a yeah, millimeter yeah, yeah, up yeah, and down. Yeah. You know, what and I mean? your like, left eye pro. You know, you you didn't lift your left <laughs> eye pro in that corner yet. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I think yeah. Fab, and it, you know, he's a fun guy as well. So it'd be he is. It'd be a cool he day out. French guy, but yeah, he's yeah, yeah, a good yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, I love him. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Anymore? Uh, the last one. You can look in Something your Something you do every day. Oh, your daily routine, for yeah. sure. What is that? I'm What's your secret, Chris? I am absolutely awful at doing <laughs> something every day. I've got this, like, <laughs> I have reminders that pop up in my calendar. Like, have you done this today? I'm like, uh, oh, no, skip. Yeah, skip. I'm really, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really bad at, like, trying to do the things that I know uh, make me a better human. <laughs> Um, but there's a few things like I've done um, journaling. I find really it's so simple. So I, I've used like a, um, a journal where every morning you write down, what was it like three things yeah. that you want to achieve in the day. And also already you've like set out some objectives and they don't have to be like huge things. It's just like I need to get that done, that done, that done, and that'll be good. Um, and you write down like... Um, like a positive, like I would like to be, I would like to operate in this way sort of thing. 
Oh, that's like not, not, own, not only a task list is like yeah, yeah. feelings and everything yeah, it, it really, yeah. Ah, it's a bit more like yeah. detailed than that because the task list is normally yeah uh, so it's what not I'm doing that's like, super helpful yeah. but it's like yeah that's 100 but it's more like oh, i want to approach all these conversations with a yeah, positive yeah. energy or well oh, like nice. that kind of stuff yeah, good point. Um, and then you come back to it at the end of the day oh, and you I write down that. three awesome things that happened oh. and something that you'd like to change and I feel like it changes my mindset. So doing that bit in the morning, like it makes me, um, it sets me up better for the day. It makes me cognitive of the way that I want to approach things. So I think that's really beneficial. And the fact that I know that I've got to come back to that at the end of the day and write down three awesome things that happen means you're looking for awesome things. So something that would have just, it happened and you didn't realize how cool it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. like you actually know. Or you're sharpening your senses even yeah, more for the good totally. things. You're like, aware of the yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, that was super cool. And it could yeah. be as simple as like, this dude sent me an email saying, thanks, I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be like, you know, I won a million dollars on the lottery. Like it's nothing big. It's just these little things. And you, you notice these small yeah. wins throughout the day. Um, and then there's, for me, there's always consistency in the things I'd like to change. It's like spend less time on social media. Oh, yeah. You know, it's all, there's a lot. And it, everyone's and like, task oh, with, yeah. yeah, like get off your phone, all <laughs> yeah, this kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. So, yeah, ju- I would like to say I journal every day and I don't. But when I do, it's always and a better And super good. Yeah. I, I do it here and there, specifically on when I'm off for holiday. Yeah. Like doing the wrap up of a day. Like, hey, what was the best of the day? Yeah. What's the most, most awesome thing you what that happened to you and every time you're doing it it's like oh yeah chuck, yeah, yeah uh, totally because well, you can then, miss these yeah no the next that, day yeah. you forget about it like uh yeah yeah definitely oh that's super interesting answers thank you for thank you you for went asking. through all the questions a couple of times in your head already like yeah because I, I did a podcast a couple of years ago and i was like well if i was interviewing me i would ask me oh, my questions oh, 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 so no, i assumed yeah. i was getting them so i thought about them in that context then um and Yeah, so those answers to some extent have sort of stuck with me and some of them have definitely changed over time as well, I think. But the one that doesn't and the one that I always come back to is that definition of success, I think. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a deep one. I'd have been a much yeah. happier human yeah. sooner had I worked that out. But I think a lot of people go through that. What's your take on that? I mean, you were obviously super successful, like what you're doing. But you what does uh, success like... really mean for me? Success is uh, being happy. Being happy with your life. What yeah. you are doing. It's yeah. not how much money do you, uh, you have on, uh, I mean, on, on your bank account. I mean, money helps somehow. But <laughs> could help, but it doesn't make you happy. Yeah, yeah. In the very end, yeah, no. Definitely yeah. not. Yeah. And most no. people that have done well and have earned a lot of money, it hasn't come from setting out to earn a lot of money. It's come from doing something they love. And because they do it well and they d- oh, they're point. good at it, that's a, yeah. then the money I mean, comes. That, that's, yeah. that's your story, right? It's your... Never... Yeah, when you when you do things because of money reason, when you when you found a company yeah. and your first goal is to make a lot of money, I I guess it's going to be probably quite hard to achieve that. But if you do something with uh, with passion because you love it, then you will you will be successful yeah, at totally. the end of the day. 100% yeah. sure. Yeah. And the products are better, right? You yeah. compromise the product because you're like, oh, we want to make more profit yeah. on this. Yeah. There's no way you'd go and make the aluminium frames you guys make if it was just about the bottom line. Exactly. Oh, yeah, good point though. Yeah. And maybe that's that's a good like chasing down happiness and making maybe making a business out of it and being successful. But that's a good that's a root a good advice for young people. Like, don't listen to all that 
shitheads like oh, you cannot do this and then, then, then. Uh, if, you know, if that's your dream do it chase it oh yeah and that that brings you to success yeah, yeah. In, in in any form maybe it's money yeah. maybe it's happiness maybe it's a healthy body or whatsoever yeah, yeah. yeah but and you've got to be able to afford to live along the way right so you've got to find a way but there's always a way there's always like, a way yeah, yeah. don't don't be scared of anything yeah that, that's what i would say to my 16 year old younger yeah. me yeah don't be scared everybody's cooking with water just <laughs> go for it <laughs> yeah when i yeah. when i went all in on the podcast i was like well if it doesn't work like i can always just go and work in a coffee shop for a bit or go and like be a barman or yeah what like, to i'll lose. find a way yeah, to like to lose, yeah. earn enough money to live yeah like and actually it'd probably be quite fun like you'd learn yeah. how to make coffee properly you'd meet loads of cool people and have a yeah, nice chat a, with people that's and, a part dealing with ego yeah, 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 I guess. Like, yeah. yeah. Ego if can I get lose in the that, way. my ego and oh, I will suffer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And yeah. I find, I don't know how you guys find, do you find your egos have got smaller as you've got older? Because I definitely feel like what I ego? give way. Agreed. Okay, nice. <laughs> I, I care way less about all of that stuff, like how I'm perceived yeah. and all that than I did when I was younger. At least for myself. Are you asking me for my career? If you considering a career like doing this and the next level is like junior, senior, whatsoever yeah i i i don't have a career okay uh I, there's a job title on my business card saying product development manager but yeah. i don't give a shit it doesn't matter to you not really it, i think it doesn't matter more to other people than me oh yeah 100%. and you, you have to have something written on a business card because my name only <laughs> it doesn't make sense uh, yeah. people try to struggle to spell it so uh, that's a <laughs> stupid one and um yeah no no ego yeah. Or at least less. Yeah. Yeah. Same for you, Marcus. Or I agree, hundred percent. Like um, back in the days when I when I went uh, to a bike park, for example, and I did not all the jumps or I missed the big <laughs> drop, whatever, I went home and I was quite unhappy. Yeah. Same. Because I had the feeling I have to do everything. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm a loser and whatever. So I I put myself uh, so under pressure mm -hmm. that I didn't have fun on the fun stuff anymore. And nowadays, I'm in an age where I say, okay, I write only the stuff <laughs> what I feel comfy with and I'm super happy afterwards yeah. going home and I don't need it anymore. Yeah. But back in the days, it was really my ego that said, okay, I have to do it. Did you find that got harder when you became Mr. YT? Because like, people know who you are and like it's very different just being anonymous, turning up to a bike park and doing that versus being... Yeah, of course, that that uh, that added a little bit more pressure as well, um, especially in in uh, the first years when we went to parks and we got recognized by by customers and fans and so on. Yeah. And then you try to keep up with them, of course. <laughs> and the young guns are quite fast, I can tell you. For sure. Yeah, and you try this one, and they're the drop, and oh my god, yeah. But basically, uh, I had no real hard crashes. I had some crashes, okay, but um, yeah. nothing really major. So I, I came through this period quite quite lucky. <laughs> Got away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, right. May maybe that's the beauty in getting older. Like, yeah, chill out. You meet, yeah, like, my, my nan always impresses me. Like, she gives zero Fs about anything. Yeah. Like, she's 98. Oh, but yeah, like, nice, yeah. At the older you get, the less you care. Yeah. And it's cool. You go from that, like, little kids don't care because they've oh, yeah. not had that, like, almost brainwashing. And older people have learned to just give it up and they don't care. It's the bit in the middle that you've got to worry about. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. dealing with your ego and keeping it in check is... Yeah. I'm better at it, but it's still But it always helps hard. to learn something new. 
Yeah. So if you, I, I tried to learn surfing. Yeah. And okay. Meanwhile, I could consider myself a really shitty surfer at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yet, that keeps you humble. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to a podcast the other week, and a guy was, um, his kid was learning to write, so he decided he was going to learn to write with his other hand. Oh, oh, nice. To like do go through the experience with his child, but also to you know, it keeps your brain active, right? As yeah, you get older, yeah. like learning new skills is really beneficial for your brain i, and I was like so. that's pretty cool so yeah my, my little girl's like getting close to that so i'm like mm, mm-hmm. maybe i'll try that like do it with her and learn to write with my other hand yeah but yeah yeah learning new skills it's humbling right you're right at the bottom of the curve again that's why i love mountains because yeah they humble you oh for sure yeah yeah you gotta look after yourself right we should wrap up but thank you guys it's been a really fun few days it's been an absolute pleasure to hang out with you all, to meet so many new people from the company as well that have been involved in the project, to ride the Mark III, which has been a lot of fun. It's a super fun bike, cool project. Looking forward to seeing the finished uh, launch video as well because they're always <laughs> always really good. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Chris. Nice one. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to speak to you and having you good here. Good stuff. Cheers, good, guys. Good rider. Thank you. Cheers. 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 All right, that's it for this episode with Frank and Marcus. I really hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thanks to YT for inviting me to the launch and for supporting this episode. Don't forget you can check out the bike over at yt-industries.com. You can watch the launch video on their YouTube channel. You can see the bike in the flesh and get a demo at any of the YT mills around the globe. Or you can book a demo via their Rolling Circus program, which is on the website. Don't forget, if you want to help support the podcast, then the best way to do that is by heading over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up a regular donation. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We've also got t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies available over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Make sure you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app now or by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can also get a little bit of extra downtime by signing up to our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride.